Well, hello everyone. I'm Alvin King and welcome to a new episode of He Said, He Said, He Said. A look at the world from a seasoned black man's perspective. It is Friday, February the 19th and welcome to our live show. Oh, hello, hello, hello again, everybody. Welcome to our live show. You are now in the hands of He Said, He Said, He Said. Thank you all for, for joining us tonight. Um, you know, this is a long weekend and everybody was expecting to, you know, go out and have dinner and do all that. But it's going to snow in D.C. Tonight, we are expecting two to four inches of snow. Can you believe that? I thought we were over it. I thought we were through with it. But tonight for President's Day weekend, we are expecting snow. So whatever you do, be safe out there. But you are with us tonight, and we are so glad that you are in here. Uh, how was everyone's Valentine's Day? Was it good? Did you have a good Valentine's Day? I did. Yeah, I did. I'm sure you did too. But you know, as we look at Valentine's Day about loving on someone and someone loving on us, we need to turn that around and start loving on ourselves. So if you didn't have a love or someone to love on or, or love on you, hopefully you did something for yourself on Valentine's Day to show you that you appreciate you and that you love you. All right. About our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, in the art of it, we are, where we highlight uh, promising young black actors and singers and writers. Tonight, you're going to meet singer, uh, actor, and writer Roderick Davis is going to be with us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're so glad that, that he is with us. Um, cannot wait to talk with him. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to a great show. And for those of you who follow us, we are about to embark on our third anniversary of He Said, He Said, He Said, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next week will be our third anniversary. We, we will tell you more about that. Um, but three years, can you believe how time has flown? Yeah, but it has. And as we all know, it is Black History Month still. And, you know, we want to make sure that, that we recognize that. And for Black History Month, I wanted to find something that happened on this day in Black history. And on this date, February the 16th, 1970, Joe Frazier knocked out Jimmy Ellis in New York to become the world heavyweight champion of the world. Joseph William Frazier, nicknamed Smoking Joe, competed professionally from 1965 to 1981. He was also known for his strength, durability, uh, formidable left hand, and relentless pressure fighting style that was the first boxer to defeat Muhammad Ali, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he was. He had 27 knockouts, 32 wins, four losses, and one draw. And it was Frazier, when he retired from professional boxing, 
Um, he became a community leader and advocate for youth by opening boxing a boxing gym to keep youth off the streets in Philadelphia. Known by boxing critics and fans as pound for pound, one of the greatest fighters of all time. Today in history, ladies and gentlemen, we are saluting Joe Frazier. Yes, we are. And last, before I let you go, ladies and gentlemen, I want to use this platform tonight to bring some awareness to, you know, something that's really killing us right now, literally. Gun violence is taking us out of here, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, as much as we've had, this week was kind of the worst for me. I mean, in one week, I, I didn't witness it, but on the news, I saw a woman uh, was walking her child, a group uh, started shooting, her one-year-old child was killed. On February the 11th, a, a shooting occurred, um, occurred in Lakewood, at the Lakewood Church in Houston. A woman walked into um, uh, Joel Osteen's church with a gun and a child and, sh and shot up the church. Yesterday, a police officer went to a home to talk to a guy about animal cruelty, and he shot three police through his door. And not to mention, the chiefs were having their, you know, I mean, parade of life after winning another Super Bowl, and two teams opened fire at, you know, at the parade. It is horrific. I don't know what to do or what to say, but I want to use this platform to let everyone know you need to think about gun violence and what you can do because it is taking a lot of us out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I'm going to get off that soapbox, but please protect yourself. And uh, again, do what you can about gun violence. So if you guys are ready, let's get on with the chat, get my guys in here. Hello, everybody. Howdy. Howdy. How are you guys Good doing? Evening. <laughs> Good evening. TGIF. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. You guys got weekend plans? I'm, I've got some stuff, doing stuff for the house and trying to get some rest. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Okay. Yeah, you, look, I am. I am waiting for this snow to come in. It's supposed to be snowing here in Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, it is supposed to start snowing here later tonight. So I have battened down the hatches, waiting for it to come through, and then going to play it by ear. Because when it snows here, when if it really is going to snow, you know, getting around is a little tough. So we're going to play it by ear. Well, I promise How about you, you Alvin? When we get off this phone, I'm going outside to cover my car. I hate snow on my car. I don't have a garage. And I hate snow on my car. And I know my neighbors, they get a kick out of me coming outside, wrapping that car up like it's a gift. But I hate snow on my car. What do and you so, use to wrap? Oh, I bought a, um, a custom-made um, uh, car cover. Cover. Car cover. Mm -hmm. my car and you know you know i get great joy out of covering it but that but that's not my entire weekend but <laughs> I, was gonna say, I don't think, i don't think it's gonna take up your whole weekend to do that but. when you cover it so that it doesn't take any time to clear it off you just and, pull it off yeah. and you're done pull it off and i got neighbors that are mad but we ain't gonna talk about that but um but yeah that that's you know but i'm, I'm just looking forward to a restful weekend because last weekend i went up to connecticut for a huge super bowl party and mm -hmm. i mean Whoa, I had a good time. I had a good time and it was quick with everything else that was going on in my weekend. But that kind of, you know, 
kind of put the icing on it, you know. And so yeah. I, I had a good time. Wait a minute, look at all these folks that are in here today. Lots of folks wishing us happy anniversary. Wait a minute, wait a minute, look at this. Oh, that's Sean for Bobby Alvin and Vars. There's Kendall, there's <laughs> Herbert, there's Sean, there's Sharon, there's Rose, Who we JJ. Who in a long time. There's blue in the house. Okay. Hey, everybody. Wait a minute. One of my BFFs from way back. Don Henry is on here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. My goodness. How you guys doing tonight? Wow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yes. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, guys, before we came on, because, you know, I know the viewers don't know because it just looks. Did I did I say how to meet you? Do we say how to meet you? No, but she just, it just popped up again. Oh, she's oh. there. She is. <laughs> hey, Michi. Hey, Michi. How you doing? Um, yeah. Um, right before we came on, ladies and gentlemen, um, we got news that uh, the New York uh, Letitia James. Um, I'm uh, look. I'm so so verklempt over her over her and what she's done. I can't even. She is the. Um, no, 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 not Fanny. We're going to Letitia James. We're talking about we, we can take Fanny down. We're going to get to Fanny. So you can take, you can take Fanny down right now. This is a live show. No, Letitia James, um, actually, uh, before we came on, we found out that there was a ruling in New York and that uh, Donald Trump uh, has been, I guess, it, it wasn't, it was, could you consider it a conviction? Is it a conviction? Uh, yeah, fraud. Fraud? Fraud, yeah. What, well, Judge Arthur uh, Egeron, he ordered Trump to pay nearly $335 million in a civil fraud trial case. And that's her name, uh, Letitia James, the, uh, the Attorney General, okay? She was asking for 370 but um, she got 355 and this bars him from running businesses in New York for three years, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Three years. But... I also heard something before I came on real quick. The total that he has to pay is 463.9, but 363.9 of that, they call it a null discouragement and a hundred million of that is interest. And, and the interest increases every single day. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. so, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> wow. It's well, just, first I, of all, did you see Miss Letitia James perched up on that front row? Like <laughs> I thought she was I thought she was going to be on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. She was so perched like a peach. I mean, she was sitting there. She was perched. But it was perched. also shameful to see one of the reports that said I think that Marlago was actually valued at something like $27, $28 million. And it was being reported to be valued at over 600 million. Like, it wasn't even like the slight inflation. It was like egregious inflation. Wow. Well, I, I know, you know, he's not broke, but he sure looked good getting there. Okay. <laughs> I know he's wow. not. And, but, I mean, after the $83 million that he had to pay... Uh, you know, for uh, discretion, mm -hmm. right? To, for that, but to this, and this came just came in, ladies and gentlemen, and that, that's why our stories all over the place because we just wanted to share. It sounded like good news. So, I just but you know what's scary? Okay. I believe that he will, with with this huge fine against him, that he will use it to raise funds. Like he will appeal to people to help him pay his and people who have. So much less. 
will be sending in the five and ten dollars up because they believe that he has been done wrong. And it is that's what's really scared. Like his insanity and his craziness is one thing. It's how people respond to it. 70 million people going out and voting for him. All that like that's what really just boggles my mind that people will do that. They're it's almost galvanizing for his base. Yeah. The more trouble he gets into. It is such a a bizarre situation and cult that they are in. And he always ties his issues to them. He always says, like, you know, they're coming after us. Like, look at what they've done to us. Like, they they don't want us to win. Like, he ties it to them. And they just, it's amazing to me. And they take the bait. Okay. And they they take it and, and like you said, Bobby, and pour more money into him. Uh, Blue said, get these Republicans out of the House and Senate and get some gun laws. Thank you, Blue. Thank you, Blue. We're talking gun laws. And and hello, Vincent. Hello, Marlon. Marlon is here. And Marlon said, leave it to black women to take Trump down. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. They are going (laughs) after him and are relentless and not taking any mess at all. Well, um, speaking speaking of black women, um, and now we we need to talk about Fanny. I didn't want to talk about her last (laughs) week because I, I wanted Fanny to... I wanted Fawny to at least the trial to begin or whatever they were trying to accuse her of. But for those of you of you who don't know um, and and been under a rock, Trump and 18 other other defendants are facing racketeering charges in connection with the alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 uh, presidential election in a case brought by District Attorney Fawny Willis and her team. Of course, he denies it all. And he has hired a co-defendant, Michael Rowan, and he has filed charges against Thani, um, that, that saying that there was a relationship between uh, her and her special prosecutor, uh, Nathan Wade, and that's a conflict of interest. Now, this week, yesterday, Thani sat in the hot seat while, <laughs> while Ashley, <laughs> Ashley Merchant, who is Roman's attorney, um, she, she was put on there to prove that Thani and Wade benefited financially from taxpayers' money and should be removed from the case. But yesterday, Fawny took to the witness stand and accused Merchant of lying about the details of the relationship with Wade. Now, okay, a witness by the name of Robin Yerty. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about her earrings. I'm not going to do it. But You but just did. Is, I did not. I did no, not. But this is, this is an ex-friend of, of Fawny. And and used to work with her, and she and she came on and testified that they had a relationship, like in 2019. Fani, again, they dug deep, and I I want you all to weigh in on this. They dug deep into her personal business, and Fani just went left. She went left on them, and I do have some quotes, but I want to get you all in here <laughs> to talk about what's going on here. Okay. okay. First of all, that picture of her. <laughs> It says everything. It says everything. 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 She was not having not feeling. Had a black woman or a black mom, black auntie in their life knows that look. That pose. They should have backed down, and they did not. She after at one point they were they were like we need to take a break, and when they came back they're like we have no further questions. (laughs) Baby. She went in on them so hard, and 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 you know, we all know how it feels to be attacked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We all know. Everybody, including you viewers, you've been attacked by something, and you just have to put that shield up to say you will not penetrate me. She had her that shield up, 
And I mean, every time they came at her, even in the most personal ways, where they attacked her, tried to make her look like, well, you don't have any money. You only, you know, went out with him so you could benefit financially. And she had to come out of her, her mouth and say, I don't need no man. She literally yes, said, I don't need no man for that. She did. She did. And the only man that, that she needs is her daddy. Her daddy was the only person who poured money into her. And her daddy was on the witness stand today, yeah. and he turned it out too. Yes, he said, I told my daughter to always have six months worth <laughs> of finances in her Yes. In her pocket. In her pocket. <laughs> present. Not in the bank. Present. present. A- accessible. Present. Exactly. Present. They were present. Brilliant. Yeah. So well, I have a question. Yes. Because look, don't be no co-worker, say you my friend. And then oh. people say, hey, what do you know about them? And you just like, <laughs> I need to ask y'all, if y'all get called and somebody say, what do you know about Vibes? What you got to say? Oh, you asking me personally? Yeah, I'm asking you right now because I need to know. Oh, you already know. I'm 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 serving a big old click. Get the get the heck off my phone. You know, no, you you know I, I you know how I roll. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. Don't don't well, call Vosh. me with no foolery. And then I'm and then I'm gonna call you. But and Bobby, what would you do, Bobby? Well, Vosh. <laughs> I would ask how much they are offering first. I would click, but I would at least find out what it was worth to them. Okay. No, no, no. We we got see you, boss. You know you like to set me up. We you know we 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 you know we 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 live in a culture in our community where you know sometimes we got people who trying to slide up in your DM so they could take your friends that you used to be connected to that you oh, ain't wow. connected to no more. You know what I'm saying? They like to, boss. We better go to the next story, Fanny. But that lean, pull, pull that it together, lean, that, girl. That was not the lean of a of somebody who was too pressed, was it? Well, it she. She aired it out. So and there, but there's more to come. But it was like a reality TV show, and I I just couldn't stop watching it. So I know she yeah, was like, you. "Look, you keep going." She's like, "What do you think Saturday Night Live is going to do to that?" Ooh, <laughs> Bobby, I'm so there on Sunday, on Saturday, I am so there. I think they're going to get it. They have to, Bobby. It's just I'm so much. I'm here for it. I'm all here for it. Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm sorry. What else is going on in the world, you guys? Well, it, there's some stuff going on in Utah because, you know, the mm. anti-trans uh, movement is still running rampant. A teenage girl in Utah had to seek actual police protection after Natalie Klein, a member of the Utah State Board of Education, suggested a girl on a school sports team could be transgender in a now deleted Facebook post. So the girl's parents had to come out and they said that their daughter is just a tomboy with a muscular build and short hair who favors baggy clothes. Mm. And they're extremely upset that now she's being subjected to severe cyberbullying and harassment. The Utah State Board of Education expressed their concern about clients' Facebook posts and the harm it's caused to students and families in Utah. And they did ask for her resignation. In a follow-up Facebook post, Klein cited free speech rights, but did include an apology saying that she extends her deepest apologies for the negative attention her post drew to innocent students and their families, but she still has not resigned. Now, Klein's post did not occur in a vacuum. It is a product of the environment that is growing trans panic Mm -hmm. in this country, particularly Mm -hmm. when it comes to girls uh, and women's sports teams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In 2024, 
455 anti-trans bills have been introduced in 41 states, and currently 24 states have already passed legislation banning trans kids from playing in sports consistent with their gender identity. And it's just a true uh, aggressive attack on transgender people, women in particular, to try to keep them from existing in public. Now, for years, trans athletes and their families have argued that these kinds of restrictive policies that police the gender of trans girls do exactly the opposite of protecting women and girls. In fact, they endanger all women and girls, including cisgendered ones. Soccer player uh, Megan Rapino Rapino, said, yes. Mm -hmm. said it's particularly frustrating when women's sports are used and weaponized. She said, show me all the trans people who are nefariously taking advantage of being trans in sports. She goes, I'll wait. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. So anti-trans groups have created a false debate that pits cis girls and trans girls against each other to further the agenda rather than targeting the actual enemy, which is the patriarchal system that puts them all at a disadvantage from birth. So even what many perceive to be a legitimate question about fairness, in the end, the weaponized reinforcement of, of the anti-trans agenda fueled by ignorance around the perceived exaggerated physical difference between trans athletes and cis athletes really is causing the problem. So as long as transgender girls' uh, identities are policed, cisgendered girls will continue to have theirs policed as well. And situations like this in Utah will continue to happen. Amen. Amen. I, I don't even know. Actually, I do know what to say. Sometimes, you know, being on this show, because we have a, a thing that we say, ladies and gentlemen, that we can go to the cliff, but we can't jump. And right now, with Vosh just saying what he said, I want to go to the cliff and jump because I got so many things to say. But thank you. That was great commentary. Thank you, Vosh. Um, I don't it's we have work to do. Absolutely. And the great irony of talking about fairness, when you think about what female athletes, just on, just on a general basis, what they have traditionally been paid in comparison to male athletes, playing the same sports, winning championships when males have not, and they've never come, like, like this whole issue of we want to be fair and equitable is quite ironic when you, it comes to, you didn't feel that way when it came to pay yep. and compensation for female athletes. Right. Right. So it's just, facilities. Right. I'm sorry. Or facility. Exactly. Exactly. So it, I do believe it is about policing bodies. It is a it is a growing movement, whether it's issues of of, of health care, uh, birth control, abort. Like it is all part of a greater movement around controlling bodies. And it's it's disheartening. Mm -hmm. And also pitting people against one another, right? Absolutely. Like you have these things that separate people and say, which side are you on? It's mm -hmm. easy to keep people fighting so you can, so they can do all these other right. crazy things that take money out of people's pockets and keep people sick, et cetera. So, you know, we, we need to just sort of get past it all, realize that we're all in this fight together. Everyone is really, truly trying to live their best life and be happy. Mm. And if we can support that in one another, I think we would find that we were are way better off. I mean, we had the same thing with with uh, marriage equality. Absolutely, gay people yeah. get married. Ain't nobody, no, nothing's happened. <laughs> yeah, we used to say if you don't if you don't like you know same gender marriage, just don't marry somebody of the same gender. Exactly. <laughs> You'll be all right. Uh, 
How about It'll be that? okay. Well, I wish that I could say in moving forward to our next story that, you know, we were going to head in a positive direction. But of course, the state of Florida is not going to allow that to happen because they're just being Florida at this point. Um, and I want to talk about a controversial parent parental rights law in Florida, which is facing a renewed scrutiny after a ruling about a parent parental permission slip sparked confusion at a Miami elementary school when it asked parents to sign a slip allowing their children to hear a guest speaker read a book written by an African-American. Now the actual event was cited as a read aloud. The slip seems to result from Florida schools trying to navigate the increasing so-called parental rights laws designed to provide greater say over curriculum and classroom teaching. Now let's remember that Florida governor whose name I shall not speak, signed an Individual Freedom Act in 2022, which also is known as the Stop Woke Act. Um, and it's about preventing teaching and mandatory workplace uh, professional development that speaks to oppression or privilege based upon race or uh, gender, any of those things. Let's remember, this is the governor who said that this is where woke comes to die. Wow. It's, wow. it's very serious. And even in another county earlier this, this month, there was a whole issue around a permission slip that was given to students to ask if they could or not to be given permission to even participate in any Black History Month activities at the school at all. Permission slips to engage in cultural recognitions in the school. This, my friends, is Florida. Well, wasn't, and didn't the, uh, uh, the, he is head of education of uh, this, this person, Manny, Manny Diaz. Diaz. Yes. He, he has come out and said that he has offered an apology for what has happened and how that, that letter went out. Um, now, I don't know if he's going to get something that Ron DeSantis has done, but he has come out and said this was uh, inappropriate. Um, it wasn't supposed to happen. And he has offered an apology. I haven't seen anything further on the news um, in, in result to him saying that. Yes, but, you're but, right. But, but th this is crazy. This he did come out with crazy. an apology. Yes, mm -hmm. but it still speaks to the fact that at everyday educators who are so operating in such fear that every time they do something, because you remember if we, we covered on a show a while back, you remember the teacher who tried to show the multicultural film and yeah. she got in trouble. Yeah. She almost lost her job, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a result yeah. of it. So educators around the country in Florida is serving as a basis because a lot of these, a lot of the legislation that's being passed also is defunding public uh, spaces that promote diversity and equity and inclusion. Um, and Florida is not by itself. Texas has no. got some things going on, and so, but Florida seems to be right now the front runner and really trying to. Um, model, if you will, what can happen in other states and so forth. But you are you are right that the education secretary did offer an apology saying that he felt that this was unnecessary and going a step too far. But it begs the question as to whether or not schools have this right to be able to do that very thing. And had and had the had it not gotten the public press that it got, mm -hmm. it yeah. schools would still be struggling with that. So it, it, there's a difference between the, um, I guess, the legislative response, which is good to hear that there was an apology, and the day-to-day -day that's happening for educators uh, in Florida and in, in other states right now. It's it's a very interesting time to be an educator who is committed to a multicultural, diverse teaching practice. Well, I told all my friends, move out of Florida. 
I did. If you have kids, just pack them up and and go to New York for a minute. Just get out of get out of Florida. But no, I'm only kidding. But Florida is not a good place to be, in my opinion, if you're raising a child of color or want to raise any child that is not cisgendered and white. Right. Come on. It's a challenge. It's a real challenge. Very dangerous. I mean, that's why uh, Dwayne Wade and uh, Gabrielle Union, remember, they got up and moved. Mm-hmm. They did. They were like, we are not going to submit our child to this on a daily basis. So um, it's just a sad commentary, but we we have to get out and vote. It, again, it reminds us about the importance of voting. It mm-hmm. reminds us of, the, of, of utilizing our voices to really speak up and, and speak out against uh, this these types of discriminations. We also need more people to run for office. We need really yeah. good people to run for office and to get on these school boards because right. that has been targeted and has been almost dominated by these super conservative people. And it's just absolutely kind of no. Wow. Well, this, this is this, true. This this next story, since we we are talking about kids and you know how they're being treated in in Florida, uh, the media is blowing up with kids now taking to what they're calling tweens. They call them tween skincares. And how how these kids are now, the internet is saying how these kids are now, they're called gen gen alphas, I'm sorry. And they are all about their skincare and they're going out and they are buying expensive products to use on their skin. Some products are like 50 and up to $100 to oh. clean their skin. Now I'm I'm going somewhere with this because <laughs> first of all, they're 13 years old. So where are you getting that kind of money to go? I know what my skincare regimen is. Okay, and they have a vital viral post um complains that about kids and tweens, mostly girls, behaving badly in Sephora stores, making messes and saying rude things to shoppers. And some of them are reacting, you know, just holding court. And making it difficult for the shoppers. These are these young kids. So my question is, I'm all about good skincare. And I don't want to just say it's the girls because I look, I've seen some young boys these days. Young boys don't even smell the way they used to anymore. They, they, you know, you would go past a 13-year-old after football practice and you'd be like, well, damn. But now, no, they, they are using they are using products and you know they're taking care of themselves too. But anyway, where are the parents? While all this is going, the parents are complaining about their kids, you know, using all these, um, what do you call it? All these facial and skin products that could damage them. But how are they buying them? How are they buying them if you're, they're not working? The parents have to be buying them. It's like parents who complain about their kids playing video games and they're the ones buying the video games. And I I should point out, if I'm not mistaken, the child that was in the uh, visual that we shared that's uh, one of the Kardashian girl. Like that's Kim Kardashian. Her that's daughter, Northwest, West. I think. Yes, that, 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 that's Northwest. Right. And okay. and there you have it right there. You put someone like you know with the kids being online and looking at social media. Kim Kardashian's daughter come on there saying, "Look, I'm gonna do this because I'm gonna look like mommy uh, in ten years, and you need to buy this." She's making right now. West Kardashian West. Well, West Kardashian, whatever her name is, she, <laughs> whatever child, whatever, whatever, whatever her name is, she she is becoming a billionaire off of children right now. Well, yeah, because 
they what they do is they go online, they have their accounts, they do their thing. They might be getting paid just by making these. Absolutely, videos. you know she probably is now. Yes. Well, I, I again, where the parents, and you know, I see, and I mean, this story has been dominating the, you know, talking about these girls and kids are going to get this makeup is is making them feel less about themselves. It's, you know, some of them are committing suicide because it's very kids. concerning. It's very Come concerning. On. But very where's concerning. the parents? Yeah. Very concerning. And I'm off that high horse. Okay. Oh. <laughs> but um, with the cowboy. Right. Very nice. Bordo, very nice. Bordo, bordo. All right. Well, even though this past weekend, I did not personally watch the Super Bowl because you guys know I'm still boycotting given the Colin Kaepernick situation. Mm -hmm. um, I did, of course, chime in just to see the much anticipated um, halftime Super Bowl uh, extravaganza. And I obviously wasn't by myself because reports are that 123 million viewers took in the halftime Super Bowl show. And you should know that that is the biggest viewing audience since the landing on the moon. Okay, all right, Alvin. Okay, what, what, Alvin? He's, he's Michael, giving us Michael, the finger. My, my, Michael Jackson was 133, and they had to take down Usher's Twitter page because he put it out there, and 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 Michael Jackson's fans. So I have in I have inaccurate information. Well, not because it's not your fault. It's because you don't go on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I don't, you know, or, or, I don't. Or, or, or X, okay, but yes, I don't. Um, yes, but that's okay. He I thought big... I got this from a pretty reliable. I'm not going to say the news source that I got it from, but it is a very reliable source that said, "Oh my gosh, so Michael Jackson I was stand corrected. It's but okay. it's not you. You know, I look. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I had to get it out there because you know I, where I'm going. But go ahead, Bobby. Finish. I thought it was a pretty reliable. So, but in any case, there were 123 million people watching this halftime show. This star-studded halftime show that included Alicia Keys, Ludacris, Her, Will I Am, Little John, Jermaine Dupri, who I don't know if you saw the show, but Jermaine Dupri had on the most interesting Lord <laughs> Fauntleroy kind of outfit going on. And not to forget, he was surrounded by the Southern University marching band. Yeah. The 13 minutes took us through a, a cross section of his career, everything from, yeah, yeah, you know, you got it bad, you know, included uh, some really incredible stepping from my fraternity brothers, the Kappa brothers who were behind him with the cane. Mm -hmm. There were even some, uh, some poles swinging uh, going on up in there. So there was a lot going on, but even with all this star-studded entertainment, all of it, you know, he was taking the world to Atlanta. He said he took him, he wanted to show an urban reflection. There are some people, including some between the three of us, who have differing opinions. You remember our show is, he said, he said, he said, about this particular halftime show. I'm turning it over to you guys. What did you think about Usher's performance? Vaughn. <laughs> well, it's so, so funny that, that uh, Michael Jackson came up so early in the segment. Because I think I told you guys, whenever I see Usher, every 20, if if we get 20 seconds, he lets me know that he wants me to be watching Michael Jackson. And I just want nothing more but to watch Michael. And he I is heavily influenced by him. He's heavily oh my influenced gosh. by him. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's just so ridiculous. I did appreciate because I did watch it today just because I knew we were going to talk about it. There were a lot of moving parts. I thought they did a great job. I think he's got a good voice, and I think he was singing live. But you know, <laughs> it was the only thing he didn't do. Oh that wow! Michael did okay. 
First of all, hello, Alvin, hello. what do you think, Alvin? Hello, Stonewall, Stonewall. My, 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 look, my favorite son is on the show. How you doing, Dwayne Pureheart? Uh, Herbert, I think I said how to you earlier. How you doing, Sharon? Just want to make sure, thank you all for joining the show. Um, you know, during the Super Bowl, and did I say hi to Troy? Hey, Troy. Um, um, during the Super Bowl, I posted, this performance is weak. And and I posted that, and some of y'all kids who you know who are on my page and stuff like that, y'all kind of went in on me, and it's okay. And I gave y'all all the love. Here's my thing with it: I said it was weak, not because anything about Usher personally. As I said on the show last week, at his age, what he's done to have this platform, he looks good. Yada yada yada. But from a production perspective, there were so many. You know things that happened. The girl fell off the pole. Usher, you, uh, you, for, okay, and I'm just gonna nitpick just a little bit. Usher, you could have got a taller person to slide up under in them skates, okay? Because you fell, okay? <laughs> and okay, I'm I'm just saying, Alicia Keys, not anything to do with Usher. She was off key, okay? You're she, saying Alicia Keys was off key? She went. When she opened, she was off key. Okay. <laughs> and, and she was. And so she I'm was. just saying, from a production perspective, you know, of which I've done, you know, many, you know, there were there was some fine-tuning that was needed. That's why I called it weak. You know, I had someone who came on my page who knows me very well, and I took offense to it. He said, Alvin, the only reason why you're saying what you're saying is because you were talking about Usher's outfit. Usher is not couture. And I told him, Don't insult me. I have done enough productions. Usher's that church outfit he had on with them brooches didn't mean nothing to me. The whole production was weak. But uh, congratulations, Usher! It could have been, and you know, you've seen better Super Bowl performances, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. There were a lot of moving parts, and and I gotta say that Alicia Keys, in many interviews before, has always said that that song is hard for her to sing. Like when other people sing it, she's like, oh my goodness, that's so great. Then I would have chosen not to sing that song. I would have chosen not to sing that song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She yeah, could sing. Uh, One of our viewers just said that, of course, Alicia Keys is always off key. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was Vince. <laughs> that was Vince. <laughs> hey, Maurice. Hey, Edgar, we love you too, man. Thank you so much. Hey, Maurice. So that, you know, I don't, I don't want to crush. I don't, again, it was weak, but it was entertaining. <laughs> And it went through what it had to do, but you all tried to slay me on my personal page. But you know, you know. Maury said it didn't matter anyway once he took his shirt off. So there. Uh, <laughs> that was appealing. Well, look, keeping in line with the Super Bowl, yes. uh, you know, we got the, you know, our Queen B made an announcement. I just want to say, let's talk about what country music is. Come on. Definition, popular vocal music characterized by simple <laughs> harmonies, accompanied by string instruments such as guitar, fiddle, banjo, pedal steel, repeated choruses, and how do you say, um, narrative lyrics, right? Mm -hmm. So Beyonce has announced that she has a new album and dropped two country singles during the Super Bowl, Texas Hold'em mm -hmm. and 16 Cartridges. And they are now number two and number three, respectively, on the Apple Music charts as of Wednesday. So, you know, uh, she's up there as, I think, the first Black woman to have that kind of success on mm -hmm. those charts, on the Apple Music country charts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's used some good people on those songs, including uh, Rian 
Giddens, who's a part of the Carolina Chocolate Drops, who I really do like. I like um, her, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which gave the songs some added credibility in mm -hmm. the country genre. Mm -hmm. Now, actor John Schneider, for those of you who guys don't know him, he is famous for the Dukes of Hazard. He was went on the uh, OAN network to show his racism and his ignorance. And in the conversation, he and the host said that all lefties are like dogs and want to just put their mark and territory on everything, now including country music. So I guess this man does not know the rich history of Black Americans and country music. music obviously, obviously not. Kabam. So Kabam. instead of taking him through the history, I'm going to hip y'all and him to some country artists that y'all need to be following who are killing the game right now. Come so on. you got Mickey Guyton. <laughs> Mickey who Guyton, who's been out there, yep. Out there, and she's fantastic. Love her, love her. Mm -hmm. Raina Roberts, if y'all don't know her, check her out. Mm -hmm. Chapel Heart. Straight from America's Got Talent. Totally. Oh, is that where Chapel Heart comes from? Yes. Phenomenal. Darius Rucker. Okay. Uh, Hootie. Yeah. Hootie. And these people sound amazing. <laughs> they sound amazing. Yeah. And Brittany Spencer. All of these people, y'all, if you want to know country music, and support black people in country music, do that. Beyonce's gonna do her stuff, but let's show the world it. that we support black country artists because- Amen, 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 because they're, they're out there. Mm -hmm. But Beyonce is getting ready. If you all haven't heard the song, please go listen to it <clears> because <throat> Beyonce, you know, she's a beast in her own right. And I'm like, girlfriend, but she's from Houston. So she, she got is. the twang. <clears throat> she's a Texas girl. She, she got it. So, you know, okay, all right, well, Thank you guys. Thank you guys. The, ladies and gentlemen, those are our top stories, you know, that, that we we wanted to bring to you all. And thank you all for weighing in on everything. Uh, you, you know we love you. But we do have a special guest here tonight in our segment called The Art of It. And we are so happy to have him here. So if you guys are ready, um, you know, I want to go ahead and introduce him if you guys are ready to get him on the show. You guys ready? Yes, absolutely. Indeed. All right, our special guest, ladies and gentlemen, Roderick D. Davis was born and raised in South Central Los Angeles and began his performance journey at the tender age of six years old after singing his first solo in church. Following the careers of his favorite actors like Macaulay Culkin, Jaleel White, Martin Lawrence, Will Smith, Jim Carrey, Roderick decided that he would attend Clark Atlanta University, where he received his BA in theater arts. He moved back to LA, landing roles on Insecure and scripted podcast Fruit, also by Issa Rae, as well as his residency at the Vegas, Vegas The Show at Planet, Planet Hollywood on the Las Vegas Strip. Roderick is now living in Atlanta, taking parts that speak and move his soul. But tonight, yeah. He's here with us on He Said, He Said, He Said. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Roderick Davis, please. Hey. What's up? How y'all doing? <laughs> Wonderful. How are you doing? I'm I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. How you guys oh. doing? It's well, it's good to see you. Good yes. to see you guys as well. Thank good you. Good to see you. I, you know, I follow you on Instagram. And, you know, when I got the call that there was a possibility of having you come on, it, 
I had to pull on my cowboy hat for you, Roderick. I did. Well, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that so much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I'm going to kick off, you know, our, our interview with you, Roderick, and I'm going to put it on you. So okay. I want you to take about 90 seconds okay. and tell our viewers, who is Roderick D. Davis? Who is Roderick D. Davis? Roderick D. Davis is a dreamer. Uh, Roderick D. Davis is a believer. Uh, Roderick D. Davis is someone who believes that anything is possible if you work towards it. You never stop believing it's possible and you give 100% no matter what. You just never stop going. That's my thing. I wish you had a he said cup because I would, I would definitely Wait, tell you. Take raise them, on that because I raised raise that to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, my brother. Welcome again to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Thank mm -hmm. you. Roderick, we have heard about your, your career and some of these incredible roles that you've been able to land over time and so forth. When did it, it I, and I know you started early, yes, very sir. young, but yes, tell sir. us a little bit about the start of your acting career. So the start of my acting career actually started in high school. So that's when I started like taking like classes and like really taking it seriously. Um, I'm, I'm from Los Angeles and I went to one of the best performing. So my high school wasn't a traditional performing arts high school, but uh, God's like divine intervention kind of just had me at the right place at the right time. And my high school had one of the best performing arts like programs in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And it took me three years to get the courage to even audition for the play because it was a very serious thing. Mm -hmm. um, like our performing arts department was bigger than a football team. And I went to a hood school. Like I was raised in South Central and like this was a predominantly like like a bad school, but the performing arts department was really amazing and kind of like revered. So all the kids that were in it were like uber, uber talented. Yeah. So it took me like until my junior year to get the courage to like even audition for the fall play, which was Tom Sawyer. I auditioned and got the lead part of Tom, my first time ever auditioning and it just changed my life forever. Hmm. Yeah, so that's how I got started. <laughs> Well, Thank you, you can. I'm, I want to ask. So, we in in the uh, introduction, mm -hmm. I want you to tell us a little bit about, you know, what moved you to to start singing. You started singing in church. Yes, yes. Yeah. Tell, tell tell us about you know just your your background with growing up in the church. Everybody who started singing in church got a story. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Everybody. Okay. So for, for one, like my whole family sings. My grandfather sung, my grandmother sings, my mother and her sister sing, all my myself and my sister sing. And my mother was actually my first music teacher. Uh she was the director of the children and youth choir. And um, I remember at like six years old, she asked if I was willing to do this solo. And I said, Yeah, I, I never had stage fright. I was never, I was a very energetic and kind of a extra child <laughs> so i knew at some point i would find my way to acting and performing arts and i remember the uproar from the from the church audience after after i sung and i was like oh run it this, this is me <laughs> my name's all over <laughs> so that's how i got started like um so yeah like my i have to really have to credit my mom for really kind of planting that seed and just kind of being around music and and, and the arts kind of like my whole life from like a very early age i was introduced to that stuff so yeah okay Okay. Well, you do so much. I mean, you, you act, you do music, you write. Mm -hmm. Who are your inspirations? Man, I have so many inspirations. So I always say my acting daddy is Denzel Washington. Uh, when I think about actors that I kind of not want to pattern myself after, but actors who I respect, that respect the craft, he comes to mind. Like I remember the first 
movie I saw him in was Malcolm X. And I was like, I was a kid. I think I was maybe like eight when that movie like came out. But I just remember like being glued to the screen, like completely just like blown away by this performance. And I was like, you know, I would practice in the mirror and do my little thing and like try to like mimic what he would do and just following his career and just seeing his trajectory and how he's been able to like, like maneuver through the, through the industry and always maintain his integrity. That really means a lot to me. So he's one of my biggest like acting influences as far as music goes. Um, I grew up listening to like a lot of groups like uh, Mid Condition and Boys to Men and um, uh, Joe to See and Drew Hill and One Twelve. Like all of those groups kind of uh, kind of influenced me. So yeah. Oh, and Brandy. I'm a huge Brandy fan. So yeah, just want to put that out there. <laughs> right on. And from a writing standpoint, who who inspires you? Um, from a writing standpoint, when it comes to um, to like movies and stuff. I've always liked Steven Spielberg. Um, I think what he's been able to do, and, and, and I, I guess he's more of like a director writer, but there's something about the epicness of his movies and the way that he tells his stories or the way that he chooses to tell his stories have always really been impressive to me. So yeah. Nice. So yeah, definitely an epic, epic storyteller. Epic, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Who is that, Steven Spielberg? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He is. Um, I, I was getting ready. Well, I before we, we leave that that question and we talked about uh, your abilities, you do sing, as we said, I you do. have a single. And, you know, I unfortunately mm -hmm. we could we didn't have permission. This is a live show, ladies and gentlemen, and we just can't play every song that we if, <laughs> if I could play a song, but we didn't have the rights to play the, you know, the song. So would I put you on a spot for a second? Okay. If I ask you to give me like just give give me a chorus, give me a piece of 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 your song. Tell us what the title is and okay. give us a piece of it. Could you do that for me? Yeah, absolutely. So the name of my single is called Euphoria. I uh, released it in 2020, kind of like right during like at the beginning of the pandemic is when I released it. It's like my the first single I ever kind of released like solo. I've written on like other people's stuff and written for other people, but I never kind of like produced my own work. So I just decided to do it, book the studio time. Um, I wrote the song in like maybe two or three days. I kind of heard the track mm. and like I just fell in love with the track and the words and the melody and everything kind of just came out of me. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're, we're going to put the song, ladies and gentlemen, on our web page because I want you all to hear. I promise you we wanted to play it tonight, but we wanted this show to air and, and we, <laughs> we, 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 didn't, we didn't want any, any, any problems with that. OK, thank Thank you, Robert. Um, OK, but we're here to talk to you about this is I'm going to call it a series right now. It okay. is called About Him. Yes. Sir. So um, this is your. It's five seasons to, to yes. date, but you're, this is your first time in? This is my first time doing About Him. So About Him is an anthology series. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who, who, who don't know, um, an anthology series is a series where every season um, the story changes. So it may be the same actor, but he may be playing a, like a different role. So kind of similar to like American Horror Story, how it's like the same characters, just like a different story. So that's what About Him is. Kind of the same kind of a thread is kind of through them, but the stories are vastly different than the previous season. So, yeah. So tell me about or tell us about mm -hmm. the role that you play in uh, <laughs> About Him. In About Him. So um, my character's name is Jamichael. And Jamichael is a guy who is coming to terms with who he truly is. And he is kind of going like uh, full steam ahead with it, not really knowing all the ramifications of his actions, not really thinking clearly about 
what it's doing, not only to himself, but his family and his friends. And he kind of just bulldozes his way through his um, sexuality, if you will. So mm-hmm. we kind of meet him at the beginning of him, like exploring himself fully, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on this show, it makes sense. Other, it makes sense. <laughs> and it's making people look for it, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So well, that, you've certainly got some fans. People are saying hello to you if you see them. They, oh, they're, hey. They're, they're hey, saying y'all. hey to you. So what y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, Kofi says a great guest. Kofi, thank you so much. He is. He, he really is. I so, appreciate that. Thank you. But no, I'm I'm gonna let Bobby ask this next question because okay. I because I, I was gonna ask, but I I'm I'm not gonna do that. Okay. So about building chemistry in a cast, like mm-hmm. when you're, you know, you as you've pointed on, this is the fifth season. This is your yes. first first season. Mm-hmm. Um, how is chemistry built when you're coming in to a show that's already been actually in play? How yeah. how do you work your way into the chemistry of that group? To, to be honest with with me. I try to make sure that I keep an open mind, number one, keep an open mind and understand that everybody doesn't approach the craft the way that I approach the craft. Everybody doesn't work the way that I work and just being open to um, adjust if you need to, Um, because anything can happen from day to day. Every set is different. Every project is different. Sometimes you'll do a project and it's like all love and it's peace and his family and we get drinks after and we really become like a family and there are other times when it's a little different you know where mm-hmm. sometimes the energy is a little stilted or whatever like that but i can say with this particular production um i decided to come in and just um be open to the experience and really show who i am because this is the first like series like i've ever done i've done of course i've done you know tv and stuff like that but mm-hmm. as far as like a a, a character who we see, you know, multiple times or like who does who does multiple episodes. This was my first time doing that. So it was a, you know, it was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot of work. But I would um, imagine. I would imagine. Yeah. But but thank God, like so many of my castmates were were just as excited about the opportunity, which made the chemistry kind of like um really, really great and really, really easy to like um conjure up. So yeah. That's great. Cause sometimes, you know, those egos can get in the way. I think of those types of, <laughs> I guess you agree. <laughs> Man, I, 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 I have been on some sets and I've been in some situations where it's like, whoo, wow. I, I see why you don't work too often. Got it. <laughs> Got it. That is absolutely hilarious. So are you guys done filming? Yes. Yeah, so we wrapped filming, I want to say last April. We wrapped. Okay. Like, for nice. sure. yeah. So we just get to see it now, which is fantastic. So yes. then what's next for you? So what's next for me? So currently, like right now, I'm I'm just auditioning like like all other actors and kind of looking for the next project and the next gig. Um, I am working on some on some new music. So that will be coming out closer to the summer, like maybe even the fall. Um, but but yeah, just just trying to look for some other gigs that really speak to me, that really uh, kind of pull on my heartstrings and also roles that I can really show what I can do. You know, I've been acting for a very long time. And that's another reason why I decided to take the role of Jamichael, because it was such a, he was such a, a, a complex character. So I got to use kind of every color in my coloring book. And mm-hmm. I brought out things that I didn't even know that I could, you know, really bring out, but it was an amazing experience. So looking for more roles that are aligned with with that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I did watch 
some of the series with you in it. Okay. And I just have to say that you really are a breakout character wow, and actor you. on that show. Thank and you so much. I really thank am you. looking forward to seeing what is next for you. Because Thank you. Thank you. I really you know, appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see the full the full series. I want to see it. And how how can we do that now, uh, Roderick? Is there a way for yes. uh, we, that we can share with our viewers um, to see that? Yes. So you can. Um, so it's produced under an an independent streaming app called Signal Twenty Three. Signal so Twenty Three. Okay. Signal Twenty Three TV is like the streaming app that you can use. You can see all the seasons uh, from season one to season five are all there on that app. So just go there, do your thing, and yeah. Yeah, so that's where it's streaming, yeah. We have a link that we can actually share in the stream um, okay. to make it easy for people to be able to do exactly that. So uh, I will make sure that that gets out to you and everyone right now. Let me do that Thanks. right now. Thank you, and of course, yeah. I was I was doing the same thing that Vosh is doing, but uh, but I, I really was I, I I really was. But okay, well, no, thank you. You know, Roderick, it's so good. Like I said, that that you were able to be with us again. I've been following you, and you know, I saw the promos come up about you know about him, and I'm like, we gotta get this guy on here, and I want to know more about you know the series. So again. Thank you for coming on and uh, just being Absolutely. a part of the platform. Really appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank well, you. You got to come back when you have music, when you release Absolutely. some music. Oh, Absolutely. And, you know, come Absolutely. on back. Absolutely, yes. That Absolutely. part right there. Well, no, stay with us for a minute, uh, Roderick, before we close out. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you guys earlier in the show that next week will be three years, our third anniversary. And you know, we did it big last year. We took the whole show on the road. Well, you know, we life is caught up with us right now. So we won't be doing that. We won't be taking it on the road, but we definitely have some surprises for you and want you guys to uh, tune in for our anniversary show next week. Uh, it's just been a blessing uh, to, to do this for three years. And our, our words of the week this week was presented by Bobby in honor of Valentine's Day. He made sure that I said that. <laughs> This it's there, week of love. There is only one happiness in this life to love and be loved. Yeah, all right. right, all right. And I told you all earlier, if you don't have a significant other, spend time loving yourself, okay? Because yeah, yeah spend time loving yourself. And uh again, ladies and gentlemen, uh thank you to Roderick, uh Roderick D. Davis for, for, for being here. Thank you to all the viewers who tuned in. Thank you, Bobby and Vosh. For hey, all Edgar. Making this happen. And <laughs> Edgar, <laughs> and who is this? Post News. Oh, that, that was Post News. At, was that you, that's, that's one of our destination groups. Oh, okay. Thank you. I just learned something. Okay. So look, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for joining us. We look forward to seeing you all next week on a new episode of He Said. He Said. He Said. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you, Roderick. Thanks. Happy holiday, everyone. You guys be good. <laughs>